Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Frog Shark, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. All the weenies have slid down my throat. Uh, I do not like that. <laughs> uh, I think this is my resignation from the Eterno podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I can no longer do this. <laughs> We're going to have to weekend at Bernie's Riley. <laughs> yeah, just don't let Sean talk for me because he does terrible character impressions. Well, now I have to hear his Riley impression. <laughs> Hi, I'm Riley, Riley Morheim, leader of the Riley Morheim. Yes, go on. I'm waiting. And I say in all third person things that Riley, Riley Morheim of the Riley Morheim Guild takes a step forward. And that Riley, Riley Morheim of the Riley Morheim Guild takes another step forward. Yes. There's only one way to tell that this is the real Riley Morheim. (laughs) Make a fortitude save. Oh, no. Failed. (laughs) Yes, I am very much a third person RPR. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I'm so used to running games. So I'm used to saying characters do shit that when I'm playing, I just like to slip into that. It's like, I'm not Riley. I'm not the one drawing my rapier. That'd be fucking weird. I'm not cosplaying on the other side of the screen. <laughs> I, I flip and flop between the yeah. two all the time. Like, some sometimes it's like, it's I and me, and sometimes it's like Rick or Occam, and it's like, just whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, there's no wrong way to do it. It's just interesting, the, the kind of what people choose to do. And where they end up. I think it has more to do like where your mind is at the time. Also true. Also true. Hey, if uh, Sean doesn't cut this, why don't you uh, comment on this particular episode and let us know uh, how you roleplay first person or third person. And how many weenies can you slide down your throat? The more important question. Yes. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) Laden or unladen? Uh, laden with cheese and various toppings and ensorcelled in bread. Uh, no yum yum sauce, I hope. God, that's disgusting. <laughs> well, I had one with just mustard, one with mustard and Miracle Whip, one with just Miracle Whip, and one with Miracle Whip and horseradish sauce. Wow, you really varied it up. I usually do. That's cool. I don't mind that. It's like a spread, but they're all yeah. the same. But they're a little yeah. bit... a nice weenie spread. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. Uh, Pain Olympics. Uh, Oh, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) I mean, that's what came to mind when you said Facebook. If you don't know what they're talking about, go ahead and Google it. Especially you kids at home. It's educational. You don't wanna. You wanna. wanna. I mean, who am I? I? I don't know. Hello, listeners from Ireland. Don't Google it. Um, we don't want to lose you. Like you're like our only foreign listener. I'm probably just gonna cut that whole bit. No, no, that bit was perfect. It was flawless. Why would you do such a thing? Maybe I put so much work into the bit. Um, Damn it! <laughs> Tried so hard. God. Last time. Hold on, uh, because <laughs> I was told that I was <laughs> last time. Oh wait, shit! No, nope. hold on. False uh, start. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get the weenies out of your throat. Let's go. <laughs> See, I'm referencing the stuff. You have to keep it in, otherwise they won't know what's so funny. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny on its own. Uh, <laughs> last time on Dungeon Ball Z, you met with Dimble Gimblethop and received a little bit of information about potential whereabouts of Thawne, uh, as well as some some more information about the new partisans and requests that have come south from the Le Chal Enclave. But before we get on to that, because partially because Tracy is still sick as of this exact minute, because it, it's only been like 15 minutes since last episode. Goddamn fucking hiccups. It's uh, all those weenies, man. Stop locking them down. I'm going to need both of y'all to tone it down. Do you advertise this as a low-energy episode? No, no, no. That was last episode. Yeah, this episode's high energy. Man. This episode's full of weenie energy. (laughs) I just snorted a line of coke. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. (laughs) I just snorted a line of Hellman's. (laughs) 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 oh great good (laughs) anyway we're off on a little side quest as uh riley is seeking to go to brewer's keep a ward of solaria that is sort of the world center of uh cadenite religion and uh truth is leading you along uh his shadow walk uh and has informed you all to follow carefully behind him uh, as it can, uh, as falling off the road can lead to you kind of just not ending up where you're supposed to be, um, and potentially in the wrong plane. So, uh, you head off after him and you still, you travel for quite a while in this way. Uh, but by the end of it, uh, no, nothing happens along the way. No, no beings of great power are like, ha ha, fuck you, and knock you off the road. Um, hmm. 
you do make it to uh, a new section of city to which uh, seems a bit different as there are uh, different angles of sunlight and whatnot. It, the sun seems to be a lot closer to like directly overhead here. Just a little off from that. And it's uh, it's pretty uh, noticeably hotter um, here, <clears throat> probably because of that. But uh, you also can make me a perception to notice another little detail. Yeah. 18. Which is probably the best anyone could roll at this, I'm assuming. And that I won't be proven wrong at all. 28. Hmm. Close, though. <laughs> 10 is close. You just critically, critically succeed against him in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Um, <laughs> so I think you would both notice, though, that like looking at anywhere the shadows are on the ground here, uh, because the sunlight's been more intense and uh, any change here is going to be more drastic. Uh, <clears throat> you would notice like sections of the ground, like the, the stone and the grout and everything that are within the sunlight that are just darker. Like, not like in shadow, but like not as sun bleached, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Uh, kind of like the sun has shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you were talking, I was just started thinking about that. Uh, a world in eternal daylight, how the sun would probably bleach things over time. And that if the world was shifting, you know, that would obviously like noticeably change. <laughs> yeah. So you, you would notice that. And this place is rather bustling. And obviously um, there's a lot going on. Uh, <clears throat> truth uh, <clears throat> excuse me got something in my throat it's not a weenie um, <laughs> uh, meow uh, Gray Malkin didn't get to come with cat no <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice so, uh, with, with your 28 hats I think you would smell um uh, of, of course, with your 18, you, you would smell booze. Everybody smells beer and booze and mead and, and general alcohol everywhere. It's very permeant. Um, but I think with your 28, uh, you would be able to sort of pick up on some of the finer, finer notes amid the smells and sort of just using the breeze slightly kind of pick up on a little more accurately what's coming from where because they are very muddled smells. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, <clears throat> but, like, you're, you're able to sort of suss out a little more accurately, like, what more specifically you might be smelling. And we'll have that carry over for a little bit. Truth is pretty tired um sort of thing is a bit of a strain on him so he says i'm going to go find a an inn or a tavern or someplace to rest so that we can get out of here sooner 
Yes. Well, why don't we uh, go together to find one so we know where to find you, and then we'll carry on with our business. All right. So, uh, wandering around this place looking for an inn is actually surprisingly difficult because there seems to be a tavern on every corner, but <laughs> uh, not all of them have rooms. Um, after a little bit, uh, you find the Golden Tankard, which is a uh, which is a inn and tavern, and it also seems to bear some severe Cadenite uh, iconography on it. Of course, there is a tankard on it, uh, which is his holy symbol. Hmm. And uh, rousing song and uh, and vibrant sense of various alcohols come from within. Well, then it sounds like it might not be a terrible idea to, while truth is getting a room to rest up in for Riley and company to maybe do some asking around for if there's any specific congregations of uh, Cadence followers or if we just happen to stumble in to like the right place at the right time. So, <clears throat> like, going in Mm -hmm. uh, you can roll me a religion if you'd like. Yeah. No. Wait, 12. 12. I think you know that you're probably not going to find a church of Caden. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, but you don't know if there is a centralized, like, this is the biggest bar, therefore it is the church. Or, mm -hmm. or what. Um, but this is definitely a big bar. And it's definitely rowdy uh, and and carousing uh, within. So, okay, go in and uh, of course, you know, Truth gets some rooms and and heads up for himself. Box stays outside in the street, and uh, the two of you are within. And you said you wanted to gather some information. Yeah, let's, uh, Riley's mind is to ask around just a little bit to see, you know, like, what are the followers of Caden doing? You know, well, what's their day to day? Because Riley's not like overly familiar with whatever organization the actual religion of Caden Callian has. Um, so he wants a baseline just to kind of see what's going on, what they're up to, where they are. You know, is this a good place? Are a lot of them here? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and hats, are you doing anything in particular? I, I think he's letting Riley take the lead here, honestly. Okay. Give me a helping hand. Give me a nice plus two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you automatically pass that right, hats. Yes. Okay. So, um, go ahead and roll your diplomacy to gather information. Gladly. Which I believe you have a trait that gives you a bonus on as well. Uh, yes. That was a piss poor roll, though. <laughs> um, I have a massive, massive meaty bonus to this roll, but it only brings me to a 19. Well, and you know what? No, I'm going to search. I'm going to search. Don't tell me anything yet. Because I have so many of these mythic power points, and I feel like I could use them a little bit more often. This is a perfectly fine opportunity to do so. Uh, that surge it, brings me to. Instead of paying a monthly fee, you can use Mythic Slides instead. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm done with this podcast. 
my my searching for diplomacy brings me to a 21. All right. So with your 21, uh, these people are pretty open and, and glad to share. So um, they um, they tell you quite a bit. Um, they tell you that Canaanites aren't particularly organized. They might at any given point choose a leader for a certain cause or 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 this that or the other they might as a group look up to a person but they don't have a leader um they hold a great deal of respect for people that brew uh and otherwise distill you know make alcohol stuff like that they find alcohol as a very freeing substance it uh unchains one from one's inhibitions so long as that person is good it is not a bad thing uh they detest um chains and holding power pe over people uh, metaphorical chains more than literal ones um but if those literal chains are used in a metaphorical sense anyway um drunk rambling guy uh <laughs> uh and so there's not really like a centralization of them. Uh, you can find Cadenites in nearly uh, any tavern or bar the world over, but here in Brewer's Keep, you'll find the most devout. And they, uh, a lot of people feel that this region uh, has the best alcohol because because there are so many people who are devout to Caden and and want to make better alcohol in in hopes of pleasing him and and earning their place in Elysium and and stuff like that. So like that sort of combination of real world competition and and faith sort of drives this place forward in terms of not only alcoholic quality but variety like when you walked into this bar there is like a grand like library bookcase across the entire back wall filled with bottles no two of which are the same <laughs> and so there and there's like little kegs like little ones big ones and all all sorts of shit all over the place um the place smells like booze like to an insane degree but it doesn't smell stale or anything like that um and the these people seem not necessarily carefree but they definitely seem unfettered in a way and and they're pretty open to talking with you if you have any particular questions that i haven't answered yet feel free to ask <clears throat> how do they feel or do they even realize that um you know like all these big changes that are happening with the world you know uh you said it was like visibly noticeable to us that like the sun has shifted you right. know uh, and i imagine that like there's there's no way you can like live here and not notice that at some point that seems like it would be a big deal so people in this district or people in this tavern or Caden's followers what are their thoughts on global events right now um as far as it goes um of course you're pulling from mostly the pool of this tavern 
Sure. As far as it goes, most people are maybe a little concerned about the change, but they don't let it get them down, really. Uh, they are happy to embrace change. Um, they they understand that there are things outside their control, but they also understand if they don't change to meet those changes, that they aren't going to do so well. So a lot of them are pretty, you would say, if not keen, at least adaptable. Um, in terms of other events going on globally, um, they have a lot of mixed information and mixed uh perceptions on what exactly is going on, how they feel about those things. Um, some people are more for, you know, general, like, going out and helping people. Other people are a little, like, we'll wait for it to come here and deal with it um, instead of spreading ourselves thin. Some people um, know things that others don't, uh, like, and just world happenings. Uh, and like to a certain degree, a lot of them have a realistic expectation of what they'd like to do. And then there's the idealistic, uh, that they're probably not going to do at least as a, uh, individual. Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of people's realistic expectations is that ultimately if somebody comes to them needing help, they'll help them but they're not going to travel halfway around the world uprooting themselves and everything and for uh possibly nothing to to go around and and and, and try and fix these things when they feel like it's probably out of their power anyway that that makes sense and i, I guess talking to a pool of people that that kind of range of standpoints sounds about right you know you can't expect everyone to want to go out and to change the world and and a lot of them don't seem too concerned with the sun moving. A couple of them seem pretty concerned with it, but uh, seem a little perhaps either too drunk or under under aware of the implications of it to to really know what's going on with it. Mm. Like it's different, so they're worried, right? Um, but they don't know why they're worried, really. Yeah. And I think in talking to these people, it even like Riley even realizes that like even just like the world spinning or like the sun shifting and stuff like that at its base, you know, he, he's honestly not even really that concerned about it. It's the, it's the bigger threat. It's the threats that he's seen, you know, the red monsters from the other side of the world, um, you know, the, 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 these threats that. Um, uh, I think talking to these people, you'll also pick up some more information like uh before uh, Dimble had mentioned the uh, the western edge of the city, and these people are on the western edge of the city mm. um, mm -hmm. for the most part, but they say it's not that bad up here. Down south, it's really bad. Even for in some places, the destruction goes into the city for miles, um, and that there are strange uh, monsters in some places, uh, according to travelers, and that the deserts become more dangerous that the planes have become more dangerous like once you get out into helios um there's tell from far away that entire swamps in the northern uh in the northeastern edge of uh helios have been turned over by some giant two-headed monster 
like it it's a lot of them are they have that sort of like they're worried but it's not here sort of thing mm-hmm. like the sort of like the sort of reaction we had before uh, North Korea said oh yeah we can actually hit you with nuclear missiles sure uh, before we're like oh yeah they've got nukes but it's not a big deal and now they're like oh they've got nukes now they might uh-huh. not but they got nukes now no. yeah. so they're in that sort of situation I gotcha um okay yeah so i i think if riley's like settling in and like focusing on like getting to know the atmosphere getting to know the people that generally flock to caden um and getting familiar with this he he's in gather information mode so he, he's gonna kind of branch out and like ask a couple more general questions um okay. and I, I think maybe before doing so i feel like he's probably been talking you know with leaf at his side and russo at his other side just chatting with people for uh, at least a decent bit before he decides to do something before asking for, you know, asking more questions. Um, I, I think Riley would like to s- subtly purchase around for the entire establishment. Okay. Um, make me a diplomacy check to subtly do so. Uh, 30. 30. Okay, I think you're able to convince the bartender not to give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you are going to go into another gather information, I'm going to roll for the time spent on the first one. Yeah, that's fine. Only one hour. So, okay. Uh, Perfect. This is mildly time sensitive. Yes. 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 Uh, then you making you know 50 hours of inquisition. Yes. No. Perfect. So then I, I think this next bout of gathering information is going to probably be the last one before. Um, Riley tries to make some impression on these people and mm-hmm. see what he can do in this community for his very brief stay here. So the the follow-up questions, and feel free to stop me at any point if you think I'm overstretching for time frame. Um, since the very next thing our party's going to do is, you know, move on um, the, this quest to save Thawne, uh, Riley has... I feel like Riley has to ask here if there's anything these people know about that area or what's going on there um, that maybe we haven't already learned. Okay. And uh, I think one second. Pats, say something funny. Fill the dead air. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Good. <laughs> I don't know. This Caden Kelly and community seems like a good place to retire. You think so? Yeah. 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 You know, we can live out the rest of our days around here in Brewer's Keep. Sorry about that. I heard something fall and I thought it was in, in the house, but it was the apartment above us. I like how those Caden Callian folks know how to put together a good shelf. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> the god of booze and carpentry. Nice. <laughs> uh, if you would like to roll a knowledge local hat, uh, you can do a secondary aid to this one to give Ooh. it... We'll say only an extra plus one, but Ooh, get well, smoked. Nat twenty thirty one. Okay. Uh, can Russo help out a little bit too? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, Russo can help. Since he's there, there. And he's suave, and he's a cohort, so I guess he should be able to. Yeah, he he's able to aid you in your gather information. So that'll be a total of plus five. Wow, nice. You want me to roll diplomacy again? Yeah. Cool. Um, this one will also only take an hour. 
Neat. That's a 28. Uh, okay, so with your 28, um, asking around, like, with extra information from... Not hats. Leaf. Goddamn it. <laughs> Brain. Fucking stop shitting yourself. You can uh, call me Mr. Gold Thrush. Mr. Gold Thrush. <laughs> <laughs> Sign this contract. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can call him daddy um tree so, daddy <laughs> with leaf and Rousseau helping to gather information you can uh learn that i mean there's woods they're kind of far from here to the north uh because like there's a sort of slant this is basically the ward that's like at the meeting point of Helios and Celestia. So mm -hmm. it's up in the corner. Um, but you know, you travel the border up, follow it north, and uh, and you can find those woods. A lot of people don't seem to know much about it, but you're able to pick a few facts out of it. Um, it is known if a bit vaguely, that the woods are dangerous. Um, a couple people mentioned vague recollections of some elves coming through saying they were with the Laishal Conclave here and there on occasion looking for um, elven people, as they say, to go to their cult. Um, and for the most part, the best you can get is that the woods are old. They've always been there, as far as anyone can remember and the elves in it are dangerous. It's not a well-known topic in the area. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, you well, like really good yeah. directions to go there. <laughs> Great. Good. Yeah, we'll uh, tell Nudge Leaf to take down some notes for those really good directions of how to get there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Perfect. As if he doesn't know exactly where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be important, like, going from here to there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what time of day is it by this point? Um, For you, um, yeah. it, it's probably uh, about halfway through your day, honestly. So um, you're equivalent to two o'clock. Okay. And we're leaving on our grand adventure tomorrow um, so we probably want to get back, you know, nighttime-ish to sleep, you know, with the rest of the party and wake up right. appropriately. That's why, that's why Truth is resting right now, so he can facilitate that. Cool, cool. So then, uh, yeah, I guess I probably have time for another gather info. Let's do it. Let's light it okay. up. Uh, Follow-up gather info. Riley's going to be asking around for information pertaining to current events around his his old ward uh, where he grew up, you know, what's happening there. Well, how do things seem down there? You know? Okay. Any new rumors? All right. Uh, and Russo aids. Um, yeah. And you get your plus two from leaf. Yeah. Uh, 26. 26. Okay. So, uh, news out from down that way is that there's some big political movings going on uh, that the uh, council 
the Council of the Ward has uh, been pretty hard hit by, you know, the recent events. And there's sort of an overall structure, local government structure shift going on down there. Uh, you happen to find somebody who's like been there recently and, and can explain to you that like basically the council imploded. A, a couple of the people were traveling uh, for the new year and are either dead or haven't otherwise turned up. Um, the remaining the remaining council um, seemed to be at odds with one another for one reason or another. They're not really sure. They they weren't there at the time. They're just kind of picking up on their way through situation. Hmm. Uh, but they're, it's looking like they're going to a sort of monocratic sort of system in the ward where there there's one leader sort of like a not not quite a mayor uh but like a a, a judicial ruler sort of system which uh people are at least in the assumption that it will still function like the other wards because there there are like single leader wards out mm -hmm. there it's just as long as they agree to the sort of like once a year like conglomerate meeting sort of thing and everything works out then it'll be fine but there is this big heavy shift going on down there and there are a few people uh sort of duking it out for that position so to speak has the uh the political current political state like uh affected how people live their day-to-day -day lives there like is is it a little bit more chaotic because of this or is it basically all political turmoil and not really affecting the regular person uh he said that it seemed kind of mixed um that there's a lot of division between people over it um that when it comes to like can people go to the market and get things yeah they can still go to the market and get things mm -hmm. But there's a lot more divisiveness in the community. And uh, there are some sort of executive orders posted from multiple people, none of which are technically law, but several of which all from different people are being enforced by different sects of uh, the guards, mm -hmm. which seem to follow these different leaders. So in a way, it is very chaotic and it is affecting people Maybe not in everything they do, but certain groups are definitely affected more than others. Interesting. Okay. Then a uh, couple of side questions on that. Um, considering the current state, is there any talk about a or the like uh, organized crime? How are they doing? Are, are, are they do it like is the thieves guilds making any moves recently down there uh oh um that that, that like uh, <laughs> he knows uh, of <laughs> like yeah no no this is him he's like i, I don't really know i i'm not from there i was mm -hmm. just there for a while doing some business i can't say that i know of any thieves guilds or anything in the area um uh, frankly, it's all kind of a mess in a way, but like it didn't impact me traveling through too much. They had to go through three checkpoints on 
my way in and out, but overall it's not that bad, I guess. I don't okay. I don't know. Okay. I, were I someone from there, probably could tell you more, but I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. Then last question, kind of a uh, shot in the dark, but s- since this guy has, I guess, been there, even though he's not from there, just ha- had he heard any rumors or any uh, news about a uh, <laughs> a man being murdered, maybe a Mr. Renwalt being murdered? <laughs> he thinks for a minute. And the, uh, mm, can't say that I did. I heard about some people getting uh, kind of brutalized by some guards. Uh, rumor, some rumors on the street had it where they died, some didn't. So I don't know what was true or not there, but I can't recall the name Renwald, no. Okay, that's fair. I think that's all the questions I currently have about Riley's home ward. And... I'm thinking at this point, um, Riley's going to be interested in um, trying to make uh, public waves here. Um, I think his idea is to, for the remainder of his and his companions' time here, keep furnishing the uh, um, patrons of the establishment with free drinks, uh, assuming like the expenses don't kill me somehow i don't think they will i can't imagine it getting so expensive to buy everyone free drinks that it will run me dry of the no i, I mean if you're well buying, like ale and and shit like the ale here is definitely good it, mm-hmm. it's not actually that expensive like you would expect as good as it is for it to be like maybe four or five copper a mug right it's a pretty standard two copper um, okay so it's it's not super expensive um, yeah, and even though it's a big bar full of people, like that's chump change to you. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much what I'm thinking. So Riley is going to like go talk to the person behind the bar and um, basically say, for as long as I'm here, everyone here drinks for free. So open a tab, have everyone charge everything they get to me, and I'll cash out at the end. And like to prove he has money, he he'll flash some of the wealth he has. Um, if they want, I mean, this is a big thing, you know. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm going to cover everyone and cash out at the end." Um, yeah. So maybe they they want to hold something of his um, uh, to ensure. They'll they'll go for like a. They'll kind of address like about how many people are in. Mm-hmm. Then they seem to think about something else, and that is like got a deposit of about ten gold. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it goes over, I'll find you. <laughs> with a smile, he'll uh, totally give them the deposit. And yeah. um, he's just going to, like, he'll engage in some drinks, but he's not aiming to get completely drunk himself. You know, no, he, he wants to keep a consistent buzz to be part of this community, to engage in what they seem to be engaging in. And he just wants to become a, a personality and a voice in the room. You know, he wants to start off by telling some of his stories from his recent adventures. And the idea is over the course of several hours to pepper in some of the bigger stories from his adventures. You know, it might start with like a tale from his dad or two, a tale of his own from his youth. And then, you know, you add in maybe like the black key. And then at some point it's like, yeah, so then this happened at um, 
what was it starlight that the the thing went down like the whole thing yeah like the big thing was it starlight yeah yeah um so the the real idea is like to build himself up as someone of interest with a lot of stories and a lot of interesting tidbits of information and then ultimately get to the point where it's like yeah i'm part of this big grand scheme thing that's going on you know let, let's talk about that <laughs> you know okay um and are you trying to hide your involvement with the free drinks this time or not oh no no okay. <laughs> not at all okay so um before you get into all that uh mm -hmm. Uh, of course, the bartender is going to basically shout that out to everybody. <laughs> and everybody's real happy. They're like, yeah, that guy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and you quickly kind of figure out why he, uh, why the bartender stopped to think about something. Because word about free drinks spread. Mm -hmm. And this bar, which was pretty, you know, populated when you first came in, you know, maybe a, a few free seats um, right. quickly becomes crowded over the next hour or so. Mm -hmm. um, and go ahead and give me an oratory check or diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, or diplomacy. Um, I, I feel like, like diplomacy would obviously be better for me, but I feel like oratory fits more in line with what I described and how I want to start it off. So I'm going to do oratory. All right, you will gain a uh, a plus two bonus from the free drinks. Yeah. Um, would you like to try and aid him, uh, Leaf? You have all the per. per I no, absolutely per would. Yeah. So, yeah. You as long as you get it above a ten, of course you'll help out. Uh, Russo unfortunately does not aid. Um, <laughs> it's all right. He can just enjoy the drinks. All right. Perform 17. And uh, you can, of course, um, surge as well. Uh, yes, which I probably will. So, okay. So then I had plus two from drinks, plus two from leaf, and then my base oratory. Let's do this. All right. All right. Uh, off to a good start. Before surging, I'm at a 28. Let's surge. And that surge brings me to a 32. Okay. So with this 32, you pretty well captivate uh, your audience over the next... I'll roll this twice. Six hours. Um, <laughs> and I feel like with all the stories you've got, pretty fair. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It takes him half that time just to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> you pretty well captivate them uh and like of course there's people that come and go they've got you yeah. know lives um but like a lot of people stick around they'll they'll cheer and laugh and and do bits and bobs ask questions uh make jokes and butt in with little stories of their own and and shit all all throughout it um but for the most part, you've got a fairly captive audience uh, and are able to get to those big things without any issue. And, and like, there are definitely some people that, that feel like suspicious about some things like, ah, that's, you know, that's real convenient shit. <laughs> um, 
but like they're definitely not a majority dope um yeah the biggest sort of like split you'll see is if you mention if, if and when or when you mention uh basically being a champion of katie and callion uh so do you do that yeah um i don't think riley's ever really found it fit to necessarily lie about who he is or what he's become he hasn't offered it up all the time but i don't think at this point there's any real reason for him not to people are either going to like accept it or call him out on it or just straight up not believe and never believe and that's their problem i guess so i think there's a lot of people that are definitely like they're going along they're going along with it and then you come out with that and you feel like probably a lot of people kind of immediately take a step back and it's like oh that's what he was working up to um sort of just as a bit of a skeptical thing because mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not a six hour long story time is not horribly uncommon here um <laughs> but uh like there's definitely a person who tries to call you out on it um Go ahead and roll me a D100. Ooh, my favorite. Let's do this. All right. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. Uh, 46. 46. So <clears throat> I think, uh, let's see here. One moment. I think, like, while these people are, like, speaking against you, um, not all of them take notice, but you certainly would um, as you feel your eye drawn to it. Um, the people who have, like, sort of stood up and are, um, like, arguing against you and and calling you, like, a charlatan or something, uh, you would see that they're... Um, the uh their cups their mugs whatever they have um there's sort of like a shimmer around them uh as they do so <laughs> and, and i'll let you do with that what you will uh so there's a shimmer on the mugs of the people who are like arguing against me mm-hmm. is there any way to tell what the shimmer like might be is it like uh, a you can make a religion check if you like? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh no, let's not ten. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't think. Well, actually, um, one you can surge. Two, give yourself plus two from speaking with a fuck ton of kid knights today. <laughs> sure, uh, that kicks it to a twelve. Um, whether or not you want to use your surge is up to you. Yeah, that's... God, I could... Fuck it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think I've used more surges on this particular episode than I have for most of the campaign. <laughs> uh, okay, that brings my 12 to a 14. Okay. So with a 14, I think you may have heard a rumor uh, at the very least that Caden um, tends to show his favor or disfavor through alcohol. Hmm. Um, then, uh, 
I suppose Riley's going to go out on a little bit of a limb and just kind of uh, make a gesture towards the the, the closest person's shimmering cup and um, just kind of say, it seems to me that you're doubting my words with your head quite a bit, but perhaps you would like to take a test with your liquor. And he draws attention to the shimmering cup. Maybe they see it, maybe they don't. Uh, they do not seem to notice the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, we'll say a dwarven man mm-hmm. uh, of hearty constitution turns and is just like, <clears throat> I hope this, uh, he like picks up his cup and he's like, this is going to be the sweetest damn ale. And, and he kicks it back and you you see him like fucking hitch and gag. And he slams it down and just... God fucking damn. (laughs) Riley laughs and raises his own tankard and says, I'll cheers to that and finishes it. So there's a a few people that like laugh and raise their drinks. And these were definitely people that seemed a little more on board. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they'll all drink. Uh, And a bunch of the people that were kind of like working like in this argument against you, they kind of all like pick their drinks up and they like sniff them and, <laughs> and kind of like put them back. And they're like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like to think that when Riley like cheers with, with the tanker, it's not really towards the group, but it's like more upwards. Like, Oh wow. You actually did me a real solid. I wasn't expecting that to like Caden himself. <laughs> Um, cause, uh, you know, Riley's never been religious, you know, growing up, not really. So like, th- th- this is kind of cool to him, I think. All right. So, uh, you definitely, um, uh, you definitely, um, see a lot more people, even people that were actively working against you get on board. Um, thanks God, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, you go on to tell more of your story, um, and uh, you notice more and more people coming in, and these are people that you can definitely, as they walk into the room, uh, and like you know, people are going in and out, but there are definitely a certain amount of people that come into the room that are given a great deal of like deference to as they enter, and they seem to be of all kinds. Uh, all of them are maybe if not like fancily dressed, they are well dressed in terms of the quality of their clothing from very simple, comfortable clothes to more uh, fancy and and obviously exquisite clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, many of them wear uh, symbols on their clothes. Uh, which you would likely be able to tell match several of the bottles on the shelves. Okay, right. Um, and, and they seem to be uh, listening intently. Yeah. And uh, as you move on from that bit of your story, where would you like to go? Uh, so let's see. Uh, the Starlight thing's the big thing. And once he gets everyone on board with that, I I think the swing he wants to take, which leads into like where he wants to conclude all of this is, you know, post Starlight, 
Um, he'll he'll do the can you believe I've met a robot thing for a little bit, <laughs> and, and um, then I <laughs> oh so a robot it's like a metal man <laughs> they have things called guns I don't know it's super weird but anyways uh, <laughs> I think he'll go on to talk about some of the um, not not just like oh the world's changing but uh, but some of the more malevolent things that are going on here you know like he highlights the red beasts um uh <laughs> i was gonna say the melon head goblins but they were an awful delight <laughs> um but i i think he highlights the, re- the 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 red beasts from the other side of the world and um probably peppers in discussions of um what he thinks might be behind you know the, sh- the shift in the world um and the champion of Rofagug's place in that. Um, and I, I think the ultimate concluding point is uh, Riley addressing the audience and saying, um, although my time here is unfortunately short, as there are many things that I must tend to these days, it's my hope that regardless of whether or not you believe I am who I say I am, that through my actions in this world, my name can live up to the gifts that's been given to me by Caden. That the footprints I leave on this world will leave a legend worth retelling. But I'm steadily realizing this is not a journey I can take alone. One man is a meager presence to save a world and this is why I surround myself with friends and he gestures to both Leaf and Russo um, and to be honest I've been buying you liquor for the last six hours so I can make more friends <laughs> and he raises his tankard and uh, takes yeah, a, kind of a, an all round cheer like yeah <laughs> he takes yeah. another swift drink and wipes his mouth clean and then says but uh, seriously, if anyone shares my interest in helping this changing world, I'm looking for companions. I'm looking for able bodies. I'm looking for supports. I've come here to get to know the people that worship Caden because my fate seems to be entwined with theirs, with yours. And I'd like the things that I'm trying to do to line up with the people here. And he, he, he just looks amongst the crowds and says, for everyone who ever dreamed of being a hero, for everyone who ever dreamed of building their own legend, of changing the world for the better, of meeting new friends, of seeing distant lands, of achieving things they never thought possible, I want to see you accomplish those things. I want to help, and although my time is exceptionally limited, I would love to get to know you. This will not be the last time you see me. I will make sure of that. But I thank you for spending this day with me. And he'll finish his glass with the crowds. And I imagine he was like standing on a table for some reason while he was saying that. I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. I I think Leaf at that conclusion would uh try and sneak in like a slow clap and a cheer 
to try and get the crowd going? Uh, doesn't take much. They yeah. they're already going. So there's a lot of cheering. Uh, there's a lot of people coming up to try and talk to Riley. Um, you know, there there's a bunch of people introducing themselves. Um, if you want to fill out your um, your lesser followers out of the people of Brewers Keep, you can. Um, they're not necessarily all going to travel with you because, frankly, yeah. that's a death sentence. But they are willing to do things <laughs> uh, to help the cause in general. Um, going out, uh, spreading the word, trying to get people to come together, uh, uh, trying to get better in of themselves to help with the issues at hand, going out in search of the champion of Rovergug, you name it. Um, so... There's definitely a lot of willing people in the room. Um, okay. But beyond that, there is also someone in specific that will um, approach you. Uh, it's one of these people that you can probably assume are brewers. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's a somewhat a younger dwarven man. Um, his... Um, and his uh, emblem that he seems to wear is like an iron shit. What are they called? Not mortuary. Uh, it it's a it's a stone house in a graveyard that dead people are in. What's it called? Tomb. Yes, a a, a iron tomb uh, is his um, like his emblem, uh, and it also matches one of the insignias on one of the bottles on the wall. Um, and he, he would he would approach you uh, amidst uh, the thinning of the rest of the crowd as they go back to after introducing themselves and drinking mm -hmm. and telling their own stories and, and stuff and, you know, generally dispersing. Uh, he, he, would, he would walk up to you, um, like, as things are calming down. And he'd hold out his hand and he'd be like, Morheim. <laughs> uh, friends, he'll shake the uh, dwarven man's hands. I am afraid you have me at a loss. I know not your name. I just gave it to you. Did he just say Morheim? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Riley pa like, uh, visibly pauses for a second and he just says, your your name is Morheim? Hi. Well, okay, I apologize, but I'm gonna have to ask you to legally change your name. <laughs> and he smiles. <laughs> but he'll 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 smirk as well. Think I've had mine a bit longer than you've had yours. Hmm. I suppose so. Or have you? He kinda squints and looks the dwarf over. <laughs> Frankly, you don't look like a fifty year old human to me. Ah, magic can do many, many things. That's true. But are you, really? Riley shakes his head. No, no. I, as long as your uh, the other part of your name isn't Riley, I think we can coexist peacefully. <laughs> no, no. Thorin. So is his name, or Riley will ask, so is it Thorin Morheim or Morheim Thorin? Uh, Thorin Morheim. Morheim. <laughs> 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 I'm sure there's other things you probably wish to talk about but I have to ask for 
you, the the Morheim name, but what does it mean? It's an ancestral name. You don't know the origins of the name Morheim in this country, do you? Uh, let's see. My knowledge history is very lacking, unfortunately. Do you, can you not make knowledge history? I cannot make knowledge history. Okay. Uh, I can, but, but I'm not sure if I want to butt in here. <laughs> I mean, you absolutely can if you want. You, you can make a knowledge history and start drawing some dots. I'll I'll sit out and, and let the guy do his thing. Oh, you, you Leaf is always welcome to butt in. Yeah, that, it's not what the guy's here for. So if, butt in and be smart. You 25. Can. <laughs> uh, so you start drawing some parallels. You never thought about it before, but Morheim uh, sounded familiar, like it kind of always has. And uh, you start piecing it together. There is... There, there is a ward in Solaria called Morthouse, and uh, it used to be called Morheim, uh, and it means home of the dead. It used to be just a mass uh, cemetery, basically. Uh, it was basically where everyone from the surrounding wards would bring their dead <laughs> to bury, hmm. um, because it had a lot of room. It was a natural setting and it had enough space for different faiths to sort of like have their own plots sort of situation. Um, as time progressed on, uh, and this is hundreds and hundreds of years ago, like as time progressed on though, it kind of got, it's not a graveyard anymore. Um, there's still corpses under the ground, but there's people living on top of them. Um, hmm. But uh, it was done in a weird way that was considered kind of okay. Like the ground was sanctified to try and make sure that, you know, the dead wouldn't be disturbed and an extra like sort of layer of structure was built underneath everything so that the graves are actually still accessible. Um, but uh, so the Mord House... Um, ward used to be called Morheim and it used to be looked over by the Morheim clan which were dwarves and this leads you to believe that likely somewhere in somewhere up the line in Riley's family there's dwarf probably a long while ago he looks nothing like a dwarf <laughs> <laughs> well this is going to sound weird but there's actually a bit of a morbid history behind that name most of the time, whenever I, I hear it done in relation to, uh, you know, the, the origins, it's uh, always with a bit of a burr, you know, that Morheim. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I've never connected the dots. Wow. Uh, you didn't connect the dots to me, Leaf. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> and then he says everything that John okay. just said. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I think Riley listens intently. Um, they, like, it, it sounds like it makes sense. And then, like, he glances over at the, the iron tomb emblem on uh, Dwarven Morheim. <laughs> and and um, kind of gestures uh, to it and says, well, that makes sense. I, not everybody's so separated from the family. Though I suppose we are likely cousins of some degree. I 
that's surprising. <laughs> I hadn't expected this sort of revelation today, but it's certainly not unwelcomed. Mind most people are related one way or another, but names are a good way to track. Your tale had me thinking, if something has to do with your past, maybe it has to do with both of ours. So, thought I might, if you didn't know, point you in the direction of Mordhaus. Don't know if absolutely there's anything there, but there used to be dwarves that were the only true li living people out there. And of course, we're known for our brewing. So perhaps there's a small thought to be brought up for the area if you're searching for something. That sounds like a great idea. I'm glad you thought of it and decided to approach me. I would, I have plenty of reasons to follow up on that. So I would love any assistance you have to that end. Absolutely. I'm afraid it's been a very long time since the Morheim clan has cared for the lands there. But nonetheless, there are some oral histories. You know, I don't have much, but the sort of central east side is where the ancestral homes were. I believe they were actually taken down when the ward eventually went under went new construction. But it's a place to start looking, perhaps. I'm afraid I can't narrow it down much more than that, but given everything, I'd also like to offer you <laughs> something and he'll uh he'll he'll snap his fingers and another uh uh dwarf will kinda come out from the uh well as you see behind him people are split a little bit longer than an average person walking through and he's got like a little hand cart like it's just a real small one mm -hmm. uh more like a um more like a dolly than a hand cart really but uh on it there's sort of uh i guess it would be a 10 gallon uh keg uh, with that um with that uh emblem on it from one cousin to another <laughs> Riley just looks at the 10 gallon keg and chuckles and says that's a, a great <laughs> I don't know if I can drink all of that but I'm willing to try I'll take it with you <laughs> maybe it'll bring you luck you and your friends luck on your journeys if nothing else perhaps cure a parched throat <laughs> yes well I'll make sure to share it with my party Save it for a special occasion. No occasion is as special as the one that you're living in the moment. I'll drink it then when it's the right time. And I'll know when it's the right time when I get there. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you said you've got to go soon. But if you ever happen through this area again, come find us at the Iron Tomb Brewery. Iron Tomb Brewery. Yes, I will do so. Uh, tell me, if I do make moves to investigate Morehouse. Do you want me to get in touch with you? Do you want to come with? I'm quite busy here. Perhaps I might be able to spare some people to go and help you. My father's been a bit idle lately, so when the time comes, he might be happy to do so. But it'll be up to him. He's a bit of a temperamental old coot. <laughs> That's fine. I figured since you were offering me information that I'd See if uh, you wanted to partake, but I'll, I'll send word when I get to that point. Of course. And for what it's worth, 
I think you touched a lot of people here today. And I think your word's going to spread. Uh, the world is in dire need of inspiration. And uh, I, I feel drawn to do whatever I can to <laughs> make people feel better about their lives, I suppose. Well, I suppose that's probably why Caden picked you then. Well, it's also because I can handle a rapier like no one else, I would imagine, anyways. <laughs> uh, I suppose cockiness is a good thing, too. Well, I'm undefeated. <laughs> uh, so far. Yes, so far. Always know when one drink too many is too many. Yeah. I suppose that's true. I could have a better fortitude save. <laughs> <laughs> Riley will smile and uh, uh, pat uh, Mr. Dwarven Morheim on the shoulder and then probably like go in for one of those like forearm handshakes, you know, and um, just like lean back and grab a couple of random drinks off the, uh, the the bar and pass them out. And we'll we'll share one last drink before Riley probably needs to uh, bounce with his buds. All right. And so you do. And parting with Thorin Morheim and the various people of the Golden Tankard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you both, uh, or all three of you, uh, Rousseau included, uh, depart uh, and seek out, or actually go upstairs and try and see if, uh, if Truth is awake yet. And he is, because that was slightly over eight hours. Um, we're just lugging around a 10 gallon keg. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the dolly you find out is kind of like strapped to it. Like it, it, you're supposed to take the dolly too. So make oh, it easy. that's nice. That's nice of him. Even, wow. Even though box could just carry it. Oh, that's um, also true. <laughs> but the, the dolly is very simple, but it, it's there to help carry the barrel. Good. Um, and, and yeah, with that, you travel along. Uh, the Shadow Road again, because uh, Mr. Truth has rested. And you make your way traveling once again a good chunk of what remains of the day along this shadowy road. This this sort of intraplanar expanse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go ahead and make me perception checks. Ooh, I love these. 20. A filthy 20. <laughs> okay, so you both got 20s. Give me just a moment. All right, you got one. We're counting. Measure a moment. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So I think uh, just as you're... Um, just as you're starting to wrap up, like you're getting to where it feels like you're about to get there. Um, the two of you, the two of you would notice um, a figure far back on the, on the road following you. A very large figure with a great deal of legs and eight glowing red eyes. I hate that. Uh, yeah, I probably want to point that out to everyone else we're traveling with. Uh, you did also notice, um, Leaf. As yeah. 
That that well, description is is distinctly not Taraxis. That is distinctly not Taraxis. Um, those of you I don't who like that. can roll knowledge religion. Oh, it's a religion check. Cool. Uh, Sixteen. Twenty-six. The twenty-six informs you that this is likely a nightshade, a horrible undead from the negative energy plane that sometimes escape into the shadow plane. They are horrible creatures that are very destructive and abhor life greater than almost any other undead. And they are really fucking scary. So you've got a choice. Are you going to turn and try and fight it with who you have? Are you going to run and try and escape it uh, at the risk that you might pull it through into the light? Wouldn't it be weakened in the light? Uh, they are not weakened in the light. You would think they are, but they're not. Oh. Hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, it doesn't say down. I was just assuming because you said it was like made of shadow and stuff. Hold on. Let me, it just doesn't tell me what that does. Okay. So they are slightly weakened in the light. Uh, and they're slightly more weakened when it's natural sunlight that they're in. Of which Solaria has oodles of noodles. For the moment, yes. That's all we need is the moment. <laughs> so uh, the um, the danger, the major danger for running is that if it grabs one of you, you're all hauling ass, you know? Right. So uh, how big is this thing on the Pathfinder I, size scale? Huge. Great. Now it is a it is a bit back. It's not right on your ass. Um, also, um, you can have one question, uh, one more question rather. Leaf on it. Uh, what uh, d- does it have any attacks I should look out for? Okay, so it has a bite attack with a very high bonus. Um, uh, and I'll clarify on the lighter version. It's sickened in light, and the penalty is doubled in sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has a bite attack, which does a large amount of physical damage, plus a, f- a significant amount of cold damage and poison. <laughs> it can channel negative energy. <laughs> um, the poison uh, deals charisma damage and cold damage. Um, and it can attack with uh, an umbral web uh, which uh, it can do up to eight times per day it can throw a net up to a range of 100 feet and entangled creatures uh, take negative levels uh huh only while entangled well <laughs> thanks I hate it <laughs> I'm reading to see if there's anything else super pertinent to that attack. This is great. This is so funny. (laughs) Okay, so it can hit you with multiple webs. Uh, The only effect is that the negative levels will stack. Oh. Thanks, I hate it. Let's see. The poison is a two consecutive save poison. Love those. Uh, Fort DC 23. (laughs) Um, in terms of attacks, I believe that's... Oh, it has some spells. Um, attack spells are... 
Cone of Cold. Uh, I think Unholy Blight's an attack spell. I'll give you Magic Fang too, um, even though it's more of a self, even though it's more of a buff. Uh, and Contagion. Uh, it does have other spells, but that's what I'm going to give you because those are attacky. Okay. <laughs> so what 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 actions are you going to take? You're not currently in initiative. You've just noticed this thing following behind, stalking, as it were. It does Truth know where we're going to port out to? Or does he have control over where we port out to? Uh, he can at any point make y'all leave. But mm -hmm. uh, he, I mean, he like, gen excuse me, he generally knows like where to be to leave the right place, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I just like. If we try to flee and the, the threat is like taking it, like accidentally like leaving it open and getting this thing out, you know, with us, we don't want to be like in the middle of a street like that. That's bad, bad news bears. <laughs> um, it is definitely going to be uh, difficult to find a place that's not a street along the path you're on. The safest option for the common person would be for you to jump out not in the material plane but in the shadow plane but that's going to be bad for y'all mm -hmm. does truth know anything more about this creature that leaf wasn't able to pick up on um yeah um of, I mean, of course, they're undead. They're immune to cold. Uh, they have DR5, good and silver. Um, light aversion, y'all already know about that. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm uh, most interested in is, um, like, what senses do they have? And if a leaf's strange magical capabilities have any way of hiding us from said senses. Um, they have dark vision, 60 feet, low light vision, and constant detect magic. They also have Ow. dark sense, which allows them to sense any, anything in, within shadows, I believe. Let me, great, uh, nightshade thing again. Nightshade. Looking through the old druid toolbox to see what's what. <laughs> they gain true seeing in dim light and darkness, regardless of light conditions. They can detect uh -huh. living creatures and their health within 60 feet. <laughs> this one is specifically limited to 30 feet. Okay. Uh, as blind sense with death watch continuously active. Mind blank and non-detection prevent the latter effect, but not the nightshade's true seeing. Uh, so hell, if we if we try to run, and even if Leaf has a way of like making difficult terrain between us and it to slow it down, maybe we can outpace it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'd hate to bring this thing out with us, but I also kind of hate to fight it on its field and on its terms here. Um, y'all make Arcana checks. Yeah. Uh, eighteen. Um. Uh, Leaf. Ten. What teen? Nineteen. The last teen. Uh, I think both of you get it because I think it's a level seven spell. Um, Y'all would know it's already too late. It's on the road. Once the road collapses, it's falling out either in the in one one of the two plans. And honestly, um, it's up to you. But the more distance between you and it when the road fails means more distance 
magnified between you and it when the road fails. So if you want it to be where you can deal with it, you'll have to be close to it when the road collapses. And <laughs> I mean, while if you can outpace it, there's a chance it will just fall back into the shadow plane by being far enough away from it. You can't guarantee that. There's a chance it'll just drop into the material plane. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, it's, it's basically a straight up 50-50 on that, but yeah. it's miles and miles away from you. Well, damn. If uh, like, you don't like let it get up on you before dropping out. I uh, <laughs> I think we're about to engage this thing then. <laughs> so you want to try and fight it in the road? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. If we do that, and uh, I guess if things turn against our favor in the first round or two of combat, can we can truth drop us out so that we can swing the field in our advantage? Is that how that works? You can definitely try. Um, problem is, you're going to be f further away from your destination. Yeah, better that than dead. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that that's uh, our kind of emergency plan. Is like if the battle goes really poorly for us within the first few rounds. No, not really poorly, <laughs> because if there's if we have no chance, we don't want to just port it out with us and then. Right not be there so i guess uh, we kind of have to kill it now also just as a note um y'all would know of people that could help if you do take it with you where you're trying to get you know of at least one paladin of abadar um as well as several other people uh, of abadar that that work under uh that facility which would not like this creature um you would have shadows help and you would uh you would have you know all those other people help. yes people might get hurt um but chances are people will run away at the same time so definitely yeah. a lot of things to consider you have okay. just going where you're going but if you're trying to minimize risk uh where you're at is probably the best yeah um okay so then i i think because I, I don't want to like take forever dwelling on an out of game because obviously we don't have that much time dwelling in game so I, I think Riley's instinct after he kind of just like thinks things through quickly is like he's like I have to fight this here um, out of game I feel like it's a fair to mention that if like Leaf thinks it better to do something else I don't think Riley's going to be difficult to convince uh, I, I mean I, I think Leaf is probably on the um home field advantage strat and uh you know if we can get it into daylight then we can probably fight it and contain it okay it's, yeah it's, it's dangerous but you know fighting it stupidly is also dangerous does uh truth or russo really quick agree with one side over the other uh russo doesn't like agree with either side he's just waiting <laughs> yeah. Decision. He he's got his rapier out. He's like ready one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Truth is more. Let's see. I agree. Uh, yeah. Give me one second. I'll be right back. And he was never seen or heard from again. Pity. <laughs> do, you, do you think we're actually fighting this today, or is that going to be next session? You wager. 
Um, like I'm thinking that we're probably going to end up running back to home field advantage and setting up the fight for like Shadow and everyone to join in. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just waiting. I'm just hoping he's like, oh yeah, Truth is like, let's totally book it and go to home field advantage. <laughs> well, because Riley's like, I can't let other people be risked. You know, I think I can take. Like Riley's mindset is, I think I can probably maybe take it because I'm the best, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want other people to get hurt. But if you and Truth were both like, it's probably a smarter idea to go back and just like rely on our abilities to contain it until help arrives. Then you know that's probably the better way to do it. But it doesn't matter because Sean will never be back. This was it. This was his last game. Man, mm-hmm. that guy. <laughs> uh, okay, so he he's kind of half and half. He doesn't think that y'all should like run all the way. And and uh y'all can roll me a sense motive. Ah yes. Let's do a sense motive. Uh, 16 uh, 17 okay uh, he you don't get one way or the other on his intense really great but um, he doesn't think y'all should go all the way but he definitely thinks you, that it should be dragged out into the light otherwise it's going to be way harder to kill okay so then yeah uh, so like Riley draws his rapier and he's about to take points and then like Lee voices his opinion and everyone else kind of like voices theirs and I think ultimately what we might be settling on is let's bring it back towards our destination with us. Let's bring it into the light. Let's weaken it a little bit. At the very least, Leaf and Riley can distract it, make sure no one gets hurt when we come out. And then Truth can do what he wants, but I think Russo should book it immediately to go get Shadow and some of the others. Okay. I think that's the plan. <laughs> that That's what Riley says the plan is. Yes. But yeah, you all run. <laughs> uh, and uh, then then Truth stops and, and tells everyone to wait as the thing starts to pick up speed and gets closer. And once it's within a certain range, uh, the road collapses around you and the light of the sun collapses out of the darkness and, and brings down and you hear this thing like screech and like discomfort and annoyance and and something even like pain uh but you do not recognize your surroundings um and that's where we'll leave it this time hi there My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, 
a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy, and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning, and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at Eldritch Dream, at Eterna P, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.